This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, December 8th. Brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. Good morning, I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. CDFA, California budget looks grim. Labor Secretary leaves and ag labor reform push continues. CDFA bracing under grim outlook on tax revenues. CDFA Secretary Karen Ross spent her first three years in the position cutting budgets in the wake of the Great Recession and is once again being prepared for a pretty grim outlook. Ross warned the Board of Food and Agriculture this week to believe all the economic projections in the media and maybe then some. In January, the administration will release its initial budget proposal for the next fiscal year. Ross cautioned it is not going to be a pretty picture and is trying to manage expectations for stakeholders who've been advocating for programs. As the administration refines the proposal over the holidays, she stressed it will maintain, quote, a strong commitment to those programs that can have long-lasting benefits to the state. She added, we want to be very sober and we want to be very realistic about what the revenue situation is. The Secretary of the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency, Natalie Poliga, abruptly resigned this week. The administration did not explain her departure. Under Secretary Stuart Knox has assumed the role of acting secretary. Palugia moved to California in July 21 for the appointment following decades in labor policy in Washington, D.C. She hoped to build a long-term strategy for driving workforce development and agriculture over the coming decades. Now, keep in mind, her exit comes as the agency will begin implementing the AB 2183 card check measure in January, and the governor's office plans to work with lawmakers on a cleanup bill. The Cal OSHA Standards Board, meanwhile, is extending its COVID-19 rules, which run counter to many state and federal public health advisories. The board is also in the spotlight over its decision earlier this year to block a petition that would have enabled the broad use of autonomous tractors on farms. USDA, European industry, worries Brussels isn't listening. A senior USDA official says a recent trade mission to Spain left him both encouraged and discouraged when it comes to the European Union's farm-to-fork strategy, which is aimed in part at slashing pesticide usage in foods Europeans eat. Clay Hamilton, Associate Administrator of the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service, told representatives of the almond industry in Sacramento yesterday that the Spanish food industry is eager to keep importing U.S. almonds, which are widely used as a food ingredient. But he says the industry doesn't feel the European Commission is heeding concerns about the impact of the farm-to-fork strategy will have industry officials, quote, pretty much to a person felt like they weren't being listened to in Brussels at the European Commission, Hamilton said. The way they seem to do things in Brussels is that they come up with an aspirational regulations, put it in place, lock it in, and then figure out how it's going to work, Hamilton said. By the way, an Almond Board consultant, Sarah Garcia Figuera, emphasized the importance of data collecting and record keeping to document production practices and pesticide usage. She says that data gathering should also help in other markets 
as well as the EU. The Almond Board has a program known as California Almond Stewardship Platform, or CASP, to compile grower-provided information that can be used to document industry production practices. Jonathan Hoff of Monte Vista Farming Company, which grows, packs, and ships almonds, says the data is critical to controlling the narrative around the industry's environmental record. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. When you work with Rommel AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value, connecting vision. Robo AgriFinance. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. IDFA, very optimistic on ag labor reform. Members of the International Dairy Foods Association have been on Capitol Hill this week making their case for the Senate to reach agreement on ag labor reform. IDFA President and CEO Michael Dyke says he's, quote, very optimistic a compromised version of the House-passed Farm Workforce Modernization Act will pass during the lame duck session. That thanks to positive movement in the Senate. On Wednesday, IDFA met with Republican Senators John Hoban of North Dakota, Jerry Moran of Kansas, Roy Blum of Missouri, as well as Susan Collins of Maine. Representative Dan Newhouse told AgriPulse yesterday he's in close contact with some Senate offices to get a deal on the legislation. There's hope that they will. It's not a guarantee. We stand ready. We're over here trying to provide as much help as we can do to make it a reality. Newhouse said. Ag trade to get key focus in IPEF negotiating round. Ag trade issues will be on the negotiating table when the U.S. and 13 other Indo-Pacific economic framework nations meet in Brisbane, Australia on December 10th, that according to senior administration officials. The U.S. will be laying down text to deal with important licensing and sanitary and phytosanitary barriers that restrict U.S. ag trade, one official told reporters Tuesday evening. There are, quote, a whole range of topics we think will really help knock down barriers and make U.S. ag more accessible in these markets, the official said. The 13 countries that have signed up for the U.S.-led effort to counter Chinese expansion of the region include Australia, Brunei, India, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, and Fiji. Funding shortfall at land grants highlighted. Many U.S. farmers are struggling under the drought conditions that are equal to or worse than any they've ever seen. But ag-researchers at land-grant universities are sounding the alarm about another type of drought, a drought of funding. On the sidelines of the American Seed Trade Association's annual meeting in Chicago, Purdue University Soybean Center Director Katie Martin Rainey underscored her testimony before the Senate Agriculture Committee this week, where she spoke on behalf of ASTA. How are we going to attract the best students to study topics in agriculture and food security 
when they come to our facilities and the rooms are leaking and they're overcrowded, she asked rhetorically in an interview with AgriPulse. The bottom line? Well, the Association of Public and Land-Grant Universities estimated last year that the backlog of deferred infrastructure needs at land-grants totals $11.5 billion. Well, here's today's He Said It. It's been a dumpster fire for more than two years. That Bill Rooney, Vice President of Strategic Development at Katie Nagel, describing improvements in California's shipping situation in a presentation at the Almond Conference Wednesday. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, December 8th, brought to you by Robin AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.